right, well, let's get into uh, God's Word here this morning. If you would open up your Bible and turn into it to Romans chapter 15. And I know that as we're watching from home here and stuff like that, it's really easy to, you know, just kind of lay down on the couch and we don't maybe take things as seriously. But I really encourage you, grab a Bible, grab it, read it, open up the Bible app on your phone and uh, really focus on this and go through this together. We want to treat it just like we would if we were all here together uh, in the room. Now, I remember that when I was uh, a kid, I don't know, I was probably around 10 years old or so, uh, my dad worked for a, a pretty successful construction company uh, up in uh, up in Barrie, and uh, one year they had their work Christmas party at the uh, owner's house. It was this great big place uh, in Midhurst. If you know Midhurst, you know that there are a lot of big places up there. And I remember it was one of those houses that, as soon as we pulled up as a family, we we're like, "Whoa, okay, this place is." Uh, impressive. And so we go in, and, and I don't remember, again, I was a kid, I don't remember how many employees they had exactly, but uh, all I can say is that the house was full, and they had invited, again, all of their employees, but all of their families as well. And so there were kids all over the place, running all over the place, and, and we had all been down in the basement, that's where the big party was, and they had this massive stage area that was bigger than this stage that I'm on right now, like a dance floor with, uh, with a disco ball, you know, back in the like, late 80s, early 90s, like you know you'd arrived if you had uh, something like that set up. Uh, in your basement, and then off to this one area of, uh, of the space, there was this mound, it was huge, this, this massive pile of Christmas presents. And I'm, again, I'm not talking like five or six, I'm talking tons of them. I remember them probably being shoulder high, head high, just piled on top of each other, these massive boxes. And I remember thinking, man, this family is going to have themselves a, uh, a merry little Christmas indeed. Now, what ended up happening throughout the evening, as the evening went on, I think they brought in like uh, somebody dressed up as a Santa or something like that. And the Santa ended up handing out these gifts to all of the families, all of the kids uh, that were there for this party. And I remember you could just see everyone's eyes grow wide because these gifts, as kids tore into them, they weren't just these, you know, little small, it wasn't like a pair of socks or here's a nice Christmas sweater or something like that. Kids were getting... Kids were getting Nintendos. Okay, this is back when Nintendo, like the original one, was first just getting huge. Uh, they were giving away, like I think, I, I remember like Power Wheels and, and GT Snow Racers. And I remember my, my little brother and I, we ended up getting this. You remember those, those rod hockey tables uh, that, that were, were big back in the day? You see it kind of in the top right there. We got something like that, only it was much better. I couldn't find an exact picture. It had one of those electronic scoreboards. It, it made noises and sounds. It had crowd cheering. And I mean, we got tons of years uh, of use out of this uh, really fun and incredible, uh, incredible game. I remember my brother and I were super blown away by this. And, and as the night progressed, I remember we were chatting with the, the owner of the company, his wife, and she was explaining to my parents, yeah, um, we actually just got our kids uh, a Nintendo, and they have uh, one of those, those Sega Master Systems, and you see the picture of it right there, uh, which at that point uh, had, wasn't quite as popular as the Nintendo. And they're like, we have one of these. We don't really need it anymore. Uh, would your kids want this? And so they actually gave us uh, this thing as well. And so you, as you can imagine, my brother and I were like peeking, okay? We were as uh, psyched as it gets. And I just remember leaving there, uh, pulling away from that house. It's amazing how I can still picture it uh, so well in my mind. Just so struck by the, 
by the generosity uh, of this family towards all of us kids. I mean, they definitely did not need to do this. Uh, every single kid that was there left abounding in, in presence. It was pretty incredible, with, with, more, with more fun ahead than any of us you know, even knew what to do with. Now, now, abounding, it's a word I just used there, abound, it's not exactly a word that, that we all use in everyday vernacular. I don't know if you've used that word this week, but, um, but it really just means abundance, right? It means having much of something. And it's the key word, I think, in our text here today. Hey, we've been talking about how, how Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, right? We've looked even just last week at at how to to fight for hope and try and grab hold of hope in everyday life as our hope is uh, threatened. And and so today, this morning, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at how how you and I as, as Christians are to abound in hope. I, I sometimes wonder if we recognize just how generous our God is, right? I was thinking about the generosity of this family in giving all of these gifts, but I wonder if we recognize just how generous our God is in general, but specifically uh, with this, okay? His desire for you and I, his church, is not that, that we would just have some kind of faint kind of sense of hope that, that easily slips out of our grasp depending on our circumstances that we face. No, his plan is not for that at all. His plan is that you and I would have copious amounts of of hope flowing through our souls all the time, that hope would abound, okay? Regardless of what might be going on in our lives uh, or in our world, And so that's absolutely what our verse here this morning uh, tells us. And so I am going to read it now. Again, it's just one verse we're looking at here today, but follow along. Check it out in your Bible, uh, Romans 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God, as we bring ourselves, our families, before you today, and as we get into your word, I pray, Father, that you would continue to show us where our hope is found. Lord, we thank you that as we celebrate Christmas and we think about the birth of Jesus Christ, Lord, it was really all about hope. It was all about bringing hope Uh, to the world in the sense that you have saved us from sin. And so, God, I pray that that, that you and that the the gospel would be the foundation, the the, the very basis of our hope. And and from that, we would live our lives as hopeful people, Lord. We thank you that you are not a stingy God, Lord, at all. You are a generous God. You you want to pour it out on us, Lord. You want us to abound in hope. It's supposed to be this super abundant thing for us in our hearts and in our minds. It is to govern the way that we live and interact in a world that we know is, is desperate for hope. And so, God, I pray uh, that you would continue to, um, to teach us, Lord, that you would continue to instruct us and have your hands on our, 
on our lives, Lord. I pray that you would do a special work of of unifying our church in these difficult days, Father. I pray uh, that you would show us that our hope is in you no matter what is going on in life, Lord. May it abound. May it abound in Jesus Christ and through him. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so at this point in Paul's letter to the believers in uh, Rome, uh, he's just shown them that Jesus Christ is the hope of both Jew and Gentile as foretold in the scriptures. And so we actually, I'm going to read it right now for us, and it gives us a bit of a context for the verse that we just kind of pulled out here that we're going to be focusing on more today. But if you would read with me even now, uh, starting in verse 8, reading down, it says this. It says, for I, I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, that's, that's the Jews, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And then he says this, as it is written, he's like, this has been the game plan all along. Take a look at this. He says, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Okay, that's a, a verse pulled right out of 2 Samuel chapter 22 and actually Psalm 18 uh, as well. Verse 10 here says, and again, it is said, and he quotes from Deuteronomy 32, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, the Jews. And again, quoting from Psalm 117, he says, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, in Isaiah, this is from Isaiah 11, verse 10, he says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, I love this, in him will the Gentiles hope. Okay, which brings us to our verse now. I'll just read it again. Verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may, there it is, abound in hope. Okay, abound in hope. So what we're going to do here today, again, focusing on verse 13, is we're going we're gonna to break this one verse down into three uh, parts this morning, all right? So here is the first one as you follow along. It's, I can abound in hope as I accept that the true source of my hope is God alone. All right, now, now much of what we're going to look at here uh, today together uh, is really a reinforcement of what we have been uh, discussing throughout this series and, and even before that. Okay, and as much as I have uh, no desire whatsoever to like beat a dead horse, okay, I, I really don't think we're in any actual danger uh, of doing that. Okay, because if you're like me, you've already had moments this week, maybe even this morning or today already, where your hope has, has waned, right? where, where your hope has, has faltered or you've sensed it evaporate uh, like a mist. Right? So, so you and I, as, as humans living in, in a world that is struggling and groaning and, and it's hard, right? we need that, that reminder. We need the encouragement here this morning, don't we? We need to, to keep pressing into this, this, this truth about hope as we celebrate a Christmas. Okay? So with that, okay, here's what the first part of this verse says, okay, verse 13a, if you will. It says, may the God of hope, okay, may the God of hope, pause right there, okay, what, what that tells us uh, is that, is that um, hope, okay, uh, ultimately hope is found in, 
in God himself. Okay, that's where hope is found. God is hope. Okay, two weeks ago, we looked at Matthew chapter 1 and how Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sins. That's Matthew 1 verse 21. Okay, that is right there. That is the, the, the bedrock, the, the foundation of hope for all of humanity. Hey, you and I, we, we have a, a God, a, a Savior who did absolutely everything uh, that, it, that it took to reunite mankind with himself. Right? Jesus Christ did it all. That, that is our hope. Right, he, he came to, to earth in the form of man. He was God. He, he, he lived every single moment of his life perfectly. He followed all of God's commands. He fulfilled the law in himself. He was perfect on our behalf. None of us are perfect, right? All of us trip up and stumble all over ourselves and all over the law constantly, right? But, but Jesus Christ, he fulfilled it, it perfectly, and then he ended up going to the cross and dying a death as the perfect sacrifice that satisfied God's wrath that was for, for you and, and it was for uh, me as well. That if we would believe in him, okay, if, if we would trust that what he did was for, for me and, and for you, if, if you would do that, then you would be saved. You would, again, you would be reunited with the God who made you, your maker, your creator. And of course, we would urge you and, and encourage you and, and, and challenge you, if we may be so bold, to do that today. Right? Just, just admit your brokenness before your God. Recognize that your sin is, is against him, that it offends him, and that, that, that because of that, you actually deserve punishment. You deserve, the Bible would say, death. You deserve eternity in hell where there's weeping and, and gnashing of teeth. Now, if that rattles your cage, that's, that's actually a good thing. It should. That's a disturbing and a, and a painful thought. But here's the thing. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave Jesus to pay the price for you. Because he loved you, he decided to punish Jesus instead of yourself. If you would, if you would believe that, if you would trust that Jesus did that for you, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. You can be made new. Okay, and for those of us who have done that, who have trusted in Jesus, okay, that, that right there, that, that truth, that has to be okay, the, you know, the, the thing, the reality, again, again the, the truth that, that governs or, or informs our, our hope on a day-to-day -day basis. Right? That reality has to. Okay, if my hope, if your hope is is rooted down into anything other than what I just explained, Jesus Christ and the gospel, if it's rooted in anything other than God himself and what his son has done, okay, then, then we can't ever okay, rightly expect to find or enjoy true hope for our souls. Okay, or, or think about it this way. Okay, the first part of this verse is telling us that hope comes from, from God. Right? He is the God of hope. He is the source of hope, the only true source of hope for this entire world. It's, it's, it, it's him and, and, and found in him alone, period, end of story. Okay, so, so if, if our hearts, okay, our, our deepest desires and, and hopes okay, are, are anchored to anything other than that, 
Okay, then, then God alone. Okay, then guess what? Okay, well, we're going to struggle mightily to have hope even once in a while, let alone consistently and, and constantly, right? We're, we're, we're not going to be able to abound in it and have copious amounts of it as God intends and desires us to have. Now, as we've talked about before, okay, you and I, even after we get saved, we all have this, this unsanctified part of our hearts okay, that, that, that looks for hope in things other than Jesus Christ and the gospel. Have you noticed this for yourself? Okay, lately, for me, I, I've really been noticing that, 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 that what my heart longs for and, and wants way too much and, and looks to as a true source of hope is a comfort. Okay, comfort has been a huge thing for me. And, and this shows up in my life in, in a number of different ways. I, I'm like a, a comfort junkie. I, I, I love a good day off. I love even thinking about this afternoon, going home and just plunking down on the couch and having a nap. I, I, I look for comfort in things like like food. Oh my goodness. Like I am eating a, just an obscene amount of food these days. Why? Because I need all of those carbs and calories? No, because it brings me comfort. I get, I get a lot of pleasure out of just filling my body with more than I even need. I get a lot of comfort from, from just, you know, scrolling away on my phone for hours and hours and hours or, or binge watching Mandalorian season two, right? That's been a big thing for us. Right? These are things that, that I look to and try to find comfort in. But what I'm, what I'm finding is, is that all of those things, they are ultimately empty vessels at best you know, that, that give me really just, just some, some temporary pleasure, some temporary comfort. Okay? But, the, but they, they don't and, and they can't provide me with with hope and, and things like joy and, and peace that my soul so longs for and, and craves and tries to desperately squeeze out of them, right? Now think about it. All the things that I mentioned that I look to for comfort, those aren't evil things, right? No one's saying here, we're not getting legalistic and saying you can't have an Instagram account. We're not saying it's wrong to, to have a nap or eat delicious food. These things can be can be blessings. These are things from God that we're, we can enjoy and, and we should be thankful for them. And they can all have a place in our lives. Okay, but listen, they will never, they will never be the true source of real hope. And I think the challenge for believers is just trying to figure out like, okay, this thing is, is permissible in my life, but I, I want it too much. And, and I'm looking for it to, to satisfy me in a way that it never will and, and God never promises could. And, and so for me, as I'm just thinking through this, this comfort piece a lot over the last little while, I'm working to, to just accept that, right? Accept that and, and get my hope connected more deeply, more firmly to, to, to the true source, okay? To God alone, the God of, of hope, as this verse tells us. Okay, so hey, have you... Have you figured out, have, have you identified the different things that your heart hopes for or hopes in? Okay, maybe for you, it's, 
It's comfort. Everything I'm sharing about my own battle here, you're like, man, that's totally me as well. I'm currently watching church in my underwear. That's how comfortable I am, and that's what I enjoy. Right? Maybe for you, it's the comfort thing. Maybe for you, it's, it's approval. I, I, I have my hope connected to, to appro- the approval of man. And, and every, how I operate throughout a day is really to, to gain certain people's approval. I want them to think well of me. I want them to say nice things or good things about me. And, and if I didn't have that, I would despair. Okay, maybe for you, it's, it's approval. Maybe for you, it's control. You have this like strong desire and a hope that you would be able to order your world in such a way where you feel like, all right, I'm in control. That makes me feel good. My hope is there. But when life starts to, to go sideways and the Lord starts to show you that, man, you don't have any control, you, you, start, you lose hope, right? Is that where your hope is tied to? Maybe for you, it's power. You love to feel powerful. Maybe it's money that gives you that. Maybe it's power over a person. And so you look for hope in those things. Have you identified what those things are for you? Do you, do you know? Are you aware of those things? Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, merely identifying those things okay, is, is not the only step here. Okay, if you were to talk to my accountability partners that I've had over the last number of years, they would all know, okay, comfort is Mike's thing. That's a bit, it's not news. I, I, I've identified that a long, long time ago. But, but really, that's just the first step. You, you, have, to, you have to actually accept okay, that hope will never be found in these things. Not just realize it's there, but actually accept it and, and believe it. Have you accepted okay, for yourself that, that in order to really abound in hope, okay, you need to work towards unhitching it from these, these other things, these things that can become idols so easily to us. You got to work towards fastening it now to our, our one and only true source, God and God alone. See, I, I'm coming to think of, uh, of, of this past year, okay? One of the unexpected blessings of this kind of insane year that we've all had is that the Lord is exposing the things that we tend to look to for hope. Okay, which, of course, as you know this, as you're experiencing this, that, that's hard. Right? That, that's a bit of a painful process, uh, certainly. But listen, it's good. It is good that he would do that. That's all part of your sanctification as he's getting you to live in line with the truth of the gospel and getting you to anchor your hope to what is real, what is true, and that is him. Okay, so what are the things that you tend to look to for hope? I mean, this world, this year has been throwing out different things at us that we're realizing are super flimsy. Okay, politics. Some people are real politics junkies. And, 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 but, their, but their hope is, is waning and, and fleeting because, because the politicians that they want, the parties that they want making the decisions aren't in power right now. And so they're... they're, they're they're despairing over these things. Is that, is that you? Is that what you look to for hope? Is it, it's in politics. Maybe for you, it's money. And, and perhaps this year has been hard for you as an individual or as a family when it comes to money or you look out at, at the economy that it seems to be circling the drain somewhat. Your hope is in that. The Lord unearthing that in you, is, that, is he showing you that that's just not going to cut it? It's not real hope? Maybe for, for, for you, for so many of us in this world, health. Health is what we have our hope in. COVID, this whole thing has exposed us for, for just desiring this, I think, way too much, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Some of us are so terrified. We won't even leave our homes for really any reason because our hope is so tied into being healthy. Okay, is that one for you? Listen, it's very uncomfortable as the Lord exposes these things, but can I just encourage you and urge you to allow him to do it? Allow him to do it, to humble yourself. Allow him to do that work. Ask him to illuminate for you. What are those sources that you tend to run to for hope? And allow him to bring you to this place where you just accept deep down here that, man, these things are never going to satisfy me. I can run after these things for a lifetime and never, ever, ever be fulfilled. They just do not deliver. Only God will. He is the God of hope. All right, here's the second thing as we keep moving along. I can abound in hope as I accept that what I believe determines my hopefulness. Okay, verse 13, again, here's the first part. May the God of hope, that's A, now part B, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. All right, when... When we have our, our hope locked into to the source, to the God of hope, we see here that he does some amazing things. He, he fills us with, with things like joy and, and peace. How awesome is that, right? He, 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 do, he does that. These, these things really, joy and peace, they go, they go hand in hand. Okay, when, when you are abounding in hope, you just so happen to abound in joy and peace uh, as well. And think about it this way. You don't ever hear someone say, well, you know, my, my hope is really strong these days, um, but, but my joy is not so much. You never heard anybody say that. Or, or you know, I have, a, I have a real peace of heart here, and, and I'm really thankful for that, but, but man, my hope is low. Again, you don't, you don't hear anyone ever say that. It just doesn't work that way. Okay, all of these things just, they, they go hand in hand and they, and they even kind of blend together almost. And I don't know a single person on this planet, okay, uh, who, who doesn't want all three of these things to abound within them at all times, right? Everyone is looking for hope. Everyone is looking for joy. Everyone is looking for peace. It all just depends on, on who or what are you running to to try and find those things. Okay, so, so if all of that is, is true, notice here the key word that reveals our responsibility okay, when it comes to having this, this peace, this joy, this, this hope that comes from God. You see the key word there? It's, it's believing, right? Believing what exactly? Well, believing in, in him, right? Believing in God and Jesus Christ and in who he is and, and, and what he has, has done, Okay, but, but even, you know, believing in, in what's true and believing in what's, what's, what's good and, and real and right. I mean, we've talked a lot about this over the last several months, haven't we? About believing what's true versus believing what's false, believing lies. Okay, and this is yet another verse in the scriptures that, that, that shows us the, the correlation between what we believe and how that affects our well-being in day-to-day life, okay? Specifically, as it relates to hope. That's the context. That's what we're talking about, right? And we've talked about how, how you and I, humanity, but, but, but even Christians specifically, okay, we, 
we, we tend to have this kind of like skin deep or, or very surfacey relationship with believing what's true, right? You and I could, could probably, especially the longer you've been in the church and heard sermons and read your Bible and all of that, you know, we could all probably um, answer Bible trivia questions and, and it obscure questions even about the scriptures. We could probably regurgitate certain points of, of doctrine if we were asked. But sometimes that belief hasn't been pressed down quite deep enough within our heart and within our souls to the point where we are now functioning in everyday life according to them. Okay, so, so for example, so many of us struggle mightily with, with certain levels of, of anxiety. Right? So many of us are worrying constantly. There's, there's fear that has gripped us and, and, and leads us in how we think and how we, how we act. And it, it may be fear about the future, about, about whatever. Especially these days, people's anxiety is just growing. Which, what does that tell us if, if that's us as believers? Well, it tells us that we may, while we may be able to recite Bible verses and, and recite truth like God is sovereign and he is in control and, and he is all powerful, it reveals that, that somewhere deep down, we're not actually believing that he is. Okay, which, which causes us to, to function practically as these anxious, worried, stressed out people all the time. And again, this verse, I think, really kind of confirms all of this. That, that, that what you and I believe determines our hopefulness. If we refuse to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Again, that's, that's Romans 12, verse 2. If you and I neglect okay, this, you know, thinking about things that are true and, and, and honorable and just and pure and lovely, all the things that Philippians 4 verse 8 talks about if, if you and I don't take very seriously or committed to, you know, to the responsibility or, or even like think about it as the opportunity that's in front of us to, to practice these things by right? thinking about truth and, and pressing them into our hearts. Again, that's, that's Philippians 4 9. That then logically, just think about this logically for a second. If that's the case, then, then we can't really expect to be hopeful people. Why is that? Well, again, because, because what you and I believe deep down determines whether or not we will abound in hope in everyday life. Okay, so as, as you're, you know, kind of trying to figure this all out for yourself, okay, start by assessing and, and thinking through the things that tend to stress you out and cause you anxiety and, and rob you of the hopefulness that is, that is supposed to be yours through Christ. Again, the things that, that make you fearful or, or worry or, or insecure. Okay, so think about those things and, and then try and figure out what is, what is it that I really believe about all of that uh, deep down on a, on a bedrock level of my soul. Okay, maybe, maybe you're, you're insecure or you're anxious about your looks. Right? Again, I've used this example many, many times. Why would I keep bringing it up? Well, because the world has this immense focus on, on how you and I are supposed to look physically. 
So much energy, so much money, so much time and, and, and thought is put into, you know, looking better. You know, and for you, maybe you're like, I, I just, you, you have that desire. I, I just want to look a, a certain way, but, but I don't. Or, or I, I can't seem to get there. And so because of that, I'm, I'm down. Right? I, I, you know, maybe even depressed or, or, or just deeply insecure about those things. And so perhaps for you, what you're realizing is that you're just looking for a certain comfort in, in beauty okay? or, or in brawn. Okay? And, and, and really, your hope is just way too tied into that, wrapped up in it. Which means that, that somewhere beneath all of that, somewhere in your, in your heart, deep there, there, there's this belief that, that's off. Okay? It, it's not saturated in truth. You actually believe a lot. You believe deep down that, that things like looks or, 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 or fitness or, or dieting or attractiveness or body weight or, or whatever uh, are, are more important than they really are. You value them more than God does. God doesn't put a whole ton of stock in those things. He values where your heart is at and what you are like as a person, your character and, and, and how, you, how you live. Okay, of maybe for you, you believe that, that these things will or, or, or should give you the comfort, the, the hope, the joy, the peace that, that you think will satisfy your deepest needs. And that's the lie for you. And, and when those things fail to provide you with that rock-solid hope that, that you are wired to, to desire and, and go after— you feel anxious and you feel insecure. You feel so down. And again, it's because, right? It's because what we believe determines how hopeful we will really be. Okay? Believe lies and, and you're not going to have much hope. I mean, just kind of do the math there. But when we, when we replace those lies with with the truth of God's word, what, what he says, and, and, and we choose to believe those things and we practice pushing them down into our hearts and into our minds. We, we saturate ourselves in those. And guess what? Soon enough, you will be abounding in it. The hope will be overflowing in you and that, that peace, that joy will come, the insecurity, the, the anxiety, the fear, all of it will will go. It will, it, will it will disappear. So listen, there, there, there's definitely some, some responsibility on, that, that's on us here as we, as we think about like kind of how to start tackling this and going after it, how to, how, to, how, to, how to focus on believing the right thing. And, and again, as I've said before, I, I think we need to, to really view that responsibility that's on us as an opportunity Right? That's really what it is. It's easy to get bogged down and get kind of stressed and overwhelmed. How do I believe what's true? And, and it's easy for us to just kind of toss that away. Trust me, Satan wants you to go there. Okay, but, but realize this is, a, this is an amazing opportunity now that I have before me as a Christ follower to grow in hopefulness, right? So, to identify those lies, to, 
to, to, to unearth them out of the soil of our hearts and begin to plant seeds of, of truth and, and real hope right down there in the bedrock. Because again, what we believe determines whether or not you and I will be hopeful people. But again, as you're kind of thinking about this and before you get to the point where, where you're like, man, this is all on me and wow, that's a lot of pressure and, and all of that, just notice here the, the sheer grace of our amazingly great, good and generous God towards us in this entire process and in this final thing. Take a look. Hey, I can abound in hope as I accept that God's powerful grace is what gets me there. All right, so let's look again at verse 13, the third part says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Okay, here, here's the third part, part C. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now, I don't know about you, but I just love how much that, that, that whole verse just communicates to us about how we're to abound in hope. Like that first part, part A, it shows us that that, that, that God is hope, right? He is, is the, the true source of hope for us, for the, for the entire world. And so we better be going to him, right? Then the second part tells us that, that he fills us, right? That's what he does. As, as we, here's our responsibility, believe rightly, right? There's an onus there on us. Don't just continue to live your life doing whatever you want and hope that, that God will just give you fuzzy feelings of hopefulness. No, you got, you got to do some digging here to grow and think about what we, what we believe, Okay, but then look how it goes back to what the Lord does again. The third part, part C, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Okay, to abound in hope is, is a gift of God's grace towards you and I, right? It's something that, that he enables and, and allows to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, come to think of, of grace itself as power, because that's really what it is. Hey, the kindness of his grace is his power given to us, even though we don't deserve it. Right? And it's what you and I need to, to get us to the place where, where hope is, is brimming in, again, in abundance. Hey, so listen, if we need God's powerful grace to, to get us to where we are abounding in hope, then what should we do about that? We got to ask him for it, right? We, we, we've got to pray, Lord, Lord, I need your grace. I need you to do a work in here. I'm not trying to, to pass the buck off of myself and, and, and neglect what I'm called to do. But, but Lord, at the end of the day, I, I really need you to change my heart and, and, and do that, that work. God, would you pour out the power of your Holy Spirit within me so that I will be filled with hope to the point of, of abounding in it. And so listen, as we think about asking him for this, about praying for this. That's exactly what I want to do uh, with us right now. Now, I, I, I want to pray for you. As this has been, I mean, even just this week alone has been challenging and hard. As we consider what, what does Christmas look like? And it's hard, but we want real hope here. And we want to dig in as, as we are called to, but at the same time, we we recognize our need for the Holy Spirit to just to really do that, that heart transformation work. 
And so I want to pray for us right now, but then again, just urge us and encourage us to, to, to really do these things, you know, even especially this week as, as we get closer and closer to Christmas and remember the birth of our Savior and the hope that's found in him. So let's pray. God, we, again, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that we can spend most of our time here in one verse alone. And, and there's just so much to say. There's so much joy. There's so much hope in a verse like this. And so God, I, I, I pray that as our church, you know, some of us are going to be frustrated that we can't be meeting in person. Some of us are, are going to be you know, losing hope because maybe we can't be with our families in the same way and plans are all changing and how is this going to affect my livelihood and work and all of these things that we're considering, God. I pray that again we would get our hope anchored into you Lord, we thank you again that you came to this earth to give mankind, give humanity real, lasting, true hope. And so God, as we, as we think about these things, Lord, would you be gracious to us? Would you pour out power of your Holy Spirit in our church in these days? God, I pray that as we sing now, God, I pray that that hope would fill and rise within us as we remember that Jesus Christ is our one true hope. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you that you came to rescue us. Lord, we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.